All right, welcome back to Just Another Talk Show. Uh, it has been a while since I've made an episode, but joining me now is my wonderful mom. Mom, hello, how are you? Well, good morning, Nick. Happy morning. to be here. Yes. You've never been on a podcast before, have you? Never been on a podcast. How many podcasts have you listened to? Exactly one. Well, there you go. All right. And it was also featuring you. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. So it's just a conversation. We're going to be fine. So okay. I was thinking about this question yesterday when I was thinking about doing this. And my question to you is, did you see me going in a different direction? Like when I was a little baby, what were you thinking? Did you did you know I was going to be going in the direction of aviation and music? Did you think I would have some of the interests that I did? What? Oh, no, I don't think I, I um, probably thought you would be going into aviation, mostly because, um, you know, a, a lot of kids, when they say, this is what I want to be when I grow up, it doesn't always stick, right? When I, for example, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a, a teacher. And I always wanted to be a teacher. And then I got, you know, a little older and started exploring what teachers do and all that kind of stuff. And the rest is history. I never became a teacher. So I think a lot of kids have these similar things you know i want to be a firefighter i want to be mm -hmm. a cop i want to be uh whatever and i always thought that you know you would probably change your mind about a hundred times like a lot of kids but you really always liked uh airplanes you liked trains you liked automobiles uh anything that that moved but I, I remember that, you know, your grandpa, Grandpa Bauman, was really instrumental in keeping you interested in aviation and exposing you to uh, different, you know, right. I mean, books and airplanes and things like that. So I think his enthusiasm for it was really catchy. I think for you. his enthusiasm really has rubbed off. Yeah, and he took he's responsible for taking me to nine air shows nine years in a row uh, to the same exact one that continues to get bigger and. I think it was really interesting, something you said there, where I have not really changed since I was basically three. Uh, aviation has always been in my life, and that hasn't, that hasn't moved. Um, but I also have changed what I've wanted to do, too, because I really went in the direction of music pretty heavily for a while, too. So I have, but I haven't changed, you know what I mean? It's kind of come full circle, almost. Yeah, I think the, the thing that you... Um, I remember when you were you're younger... You know, you always really liked any movie or or show that had, you know, a beat or some sort of musical um, aspect to it. And in your very young days, like early on when you were in the kids' choir at church, I think the first time you were in there was age four. And Honestly, it was at that time where I wasn't thinking you were going to be a pilot or anything in music because here is this four-year-old kid up in the front of the church putting on a show, essentially. <laughs> he was the kid that was right in the front tapping his neighbor and talking to them. Um, you could see his mouth moving up at the front. And, yeah. and uh, so actually, during that time, I thought, you know, he probably 
will end up doing something where he can use his gift of gab. And I guess you have I done kinda, that I too. I kind of doing that too. It's that doesn't last no. Your podcast and um, so I think what's what's really cool is that you found a way to keep all of those passions and interests and um, you'll never lose any of them. No, I mean I do the podcasts for myself. I do my music for myself. I mean, I don't I don't make any money off of them and I don't do it because I I want to and quite frankly that's in my opinion uh, to create content for the sole purpose of making money is if you don't love it at least is not I don't know if that's a very good way to go about it because you're not going to be very motivated <laughs> at least not at first. That's very true. So. That's with any thing that you you know, want to yeah. do in life if you're not passionate about it you're gonna wake up every day feeling pretty emotionally drained it just won't be fulfilling you know Correct. it won't be it won't be something that you want to give your effort to you feel like you have to yes and that's not a really good mindset to have i think so yeah so it's a you know i'm glad that you have a lot of different interests that you know, during different times of your life, you're probably going to rely on each of them differently. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who knows how many additional ones you will gain. Mm -hmm. And I think each of them has taught me something too. Um, My other podcast, The Musical Brew, I've been taking a pretty extended break from that one too. I haven't put any content out, but that one is, I've, I've always heard from people I look up to who also run podcasts and do things like that they say that it's a lot of hard work and you don't get any return for a long time and I've put in a lot of work with my other podcast and I haven't gotten much return and I'm not saying that you know to say poor me or to to make myself feel like I'm discouraged or anything but it just shows you it takes an incredible amount of work and you got to have passion in order to do stuff like that and most of the time you won't be successful either unfortunately but it you gain experience, so it's not a failure, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, nothing is a, you know, nothing, you shouldn't look at it as a failure. You mm-hmm. know, if you can look at it as, what did I learn from that? You yeah. know, and, you know, failure is such a negative word, and people are afraid to fail these days, and the reality is that you learn the most when you fall flat on your face. Well, and I, and I think some of the most successful people in the world have all said basically the same thing about, you know, you don't, you're not failing or you're not st- trying, you're, you're trying again, but you're, this time you're starting from a place of experience because you saw what you did last time that didn't work and you can, you can do it again, but this time you understand, you know, okay, don't do that this time. Yeah. And every time you learn something and eventually you'll be successful, I tend to think. So, if I were to turn that question around that you opened with, Nick, and and did you, you know, Mom, did you think this is what I was going to do? <laughs> Let me ask you the question when you were, you know, three, four years old from as early as you can remember. Where did you see yourself today as almost an 18-year-old? Um... I think I always knew I was going to do something with aviation, whether or not that was flying professionally uh, or commercially or just as a private pilot. I think I was always going to go in that direction. Um, As far as music and stuff goes, that's been the biggest surprise to me. And honestly, I didn't discover my deep love of music, although I've always been creative, until probably marching band. 
I would say. I would, or at least that sold it for me. Because right around after marching band, I got into vocal lessons. I got into starting to compose my own music. I've started to be really curious and pick up other instruments other than just singing um, piano, guitar, for instance. Because I think it was the summer of my freshman year. Uh, going into marching band, I started playing guitar. So it's really... I have to say now, because cause I don't think a little four-year-old me could have opened my mind this big, but I don't think I really knew where I was going to go, but I think that's also one of the things that I've been allowing my, for myself, too, is just live, you know, go where life takes me for right now, because that's, that's all I can really do right now, too, I feel like, besides, you know, take care of school, take care of the things I got to take care of, work, but... Um, I'm just enjoying life, I would say. And I did not see myself going in this direction, certainly. So now that I am, you know, we'll, we'll say early 40s yet, I think about all the expectations I had for myself and, uh, you know, going into when I, I went to Concordia and um, I pursued, a, you know, something that I was very personally interested in due to some life experience, but I pursued a, 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 a degree in nutrition and dietetics and health. And I really enjoyed my college work and my coursework, uh, but I did not enjoy my internship at all. Uh-huh. That was um, not a good fit for me. And what I mean by that is I had lots of book study, which I enjoyed. And then I went and had the practical experience and uh, went through this period of my life where I was actually quite uh, down Mm -hmm. because I thought that this is what I wanted to do. And then I got out into the world and realized I did not like it at all. Mm -hmm. Working with sick people was really (laughs) depressing for For me. Mm-hmm. And so when you spend all that time, effort, you know, looking at a, at a career, I actually was pretty hard on myself. And I thought, you know what, I, I wasted, you know, five years. And uh, what I realized is I really didn't waste five years. I still had a great education. Right. And um, took my education and study to a very different path <clears throat> where I... Uh, you know, got my master's degree, and it was because of that um, and how I learned how to write during that time that allowed me to change my career completely, like a one, not even a 180, it was like a 360. (laughs) 270, yeah. I went from studying nutrition and health and knowing things like that to getting a job and developing contracts as, yeah it's just a completely different field it's like you know being trained as a classical pianist and then going in and making souffle you know it's two different things and they're not that much that's the same there there but, really isn't but you have to be open to it and you have to be uh, willing to try new things because um had i not been open to that experience and open to really having to work hard to almost in certain ways catch up mm-hmm. uh, it w- would have been very different mm-hmm. and I've been now in that field for 16 years right mm-hmm. for sure 
Yeah, so. I, I want to circle back to something a little bit kind of that you touched on. Uh, you didn't really say it explicitly, but you, you kind of touched on it. And I think it's interesting where, um, you know, you, you went into college thinking, you know, this is the thing for me. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm, you know, this is what I'm going to work at. And then you, you found out that after actually doing the thing that maybe it's not, you know, right for you. It's not. And I think that's an important lesson that almost, I think everybody needs to at least be aware of or everybody I think learns it at some point in their life um I mean that was your that's how you learned it kind of sounds like and seems like there are many more opportunities for kids these days Mm -hmm. whether it is in your high school curriculum you know to gain exposure to interests you have and and that's absolutely the place where you want to look at what all those options are before you Uh, make a commitment to college and you know the money you're gonna spend so I'm glad you've had the opportunity to participate in you know the step program Mm -hmm. because you have had more practical experience before you actually get into doing the thing yeah and I wish that you know their kids would realize and take advantage of those things even if they think that hey, I'm not really interested in computers. I, I will tell you, computers and technology are here to stay. <laughs> They're not and going anywhere. They're... The more you know about them in any job you're, you're in, yep. the better and more confident you feel. Well, and, so. I, and I think there's definitely something to being interested in something and then um, actually like pursuing it as a passion. I think that I think some people maybe don't, don't know within themselves what that line is for themselves too. Like some people, like I know a lot, a lot of people, like even my friends, we wanted to start a podcast uh, talking about football at some point. And of the four people, including myself and my friend group who actually runs a podcast, I'm the only one who does. Why? Because I actually love it. And I will put in the work to, to do that. And that, I'm not saying that's any kind of slight on them. That's just not a hundred percent their thing and that's okay. But you got to find out, you know, what for you is your thing, and it's not. That's not easy to do, but sometimes, you know. Well, as I said, in my early forties, <laughs> I still don't know that I really know what I want to do when I grow up, and I think uh, one of the things I'm working through with a mentor at work is how do I know if I've reached the point in my career that. Maybe it's time to look at something different. I like what I do. I love being a leader of a team Mm -hmm. and people. Uh, But I've been doing this for a while now. And Mm -hmm. if I think about 20 more years potentially of having to work, is that how I want to spend it? I don't know. There's a lot of things people can do, and the skills you learn are pretty transferable. Yeah, that's... Well, and, and keeping, you know, that, that not, I don't know if joy or passion is the right words to say, but a nice change of scenery can, you know, help you feel a little more fulfilled or fulfill you more at that time in your life. Um, it's definitely important when, you know, you're spending so much time at work, earning money for the family and stuff to make sure you actually enjoy what you do, too. Speaking of is, earning money for the family. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, where are we going now? Well, it, you know, you also do reach a point in your life where uh, you do have to make some of those decisions mm-hmm. about, um, if I could do my absolute dream job, 
Would I? Sure I would. But I do have that family to support, and speaking of which, a son who in a very few months is going to go to college. So, That's true. You know, I think um, the point I really want to get to, though, is that you will always find an excuse not to do something. Mm-hmm. And you can't let that excuse um, stop you. I think many people get to the point of their life like me or my age and they think it's too late. And yeah. I don't think it's ever too late. Um mm-hmm. But you do have to be smart about it and figure out a plan if you're not happy in your current career, how you're going to enter the next one. I think some people, there was a thing I read uh, on Instagram too, and I know Instagram, you know, the internet's not always the most trustworthy, but I think there's definitely something to this where I think some people hit a point in their life where they're just comfortable, you know, they might have dreams or goals, but what they, what they say is comfort kills dreams that keeping yourself out of your comfort zone is how, you know, you keep your dreams alive and stuff. Like, as a content creator and as a musician, I'm never in my comfort zone. I can't I can't afford to be in my comfort zone because if I was in my comfort zone, I know within myself that my music wouldn't be as good. I wouldn't care as much at live shows. Because I'm out of my comfort zone, I want to perform the best I can and make sure that the product I produce is the best I can. You know what I mean? So it's quite an interesting balance that you're going to have to strike because I can tell you as a pilot I want you to be absolutely comfort and comfortable in that chair. Well, I don't want you to be out of your comfort zone because <laughs> if you are we are. Yeah, yeah, that that's well and and context but comfort in your life is more what I was talking about like, you know, I have a steady job, I have two kids and I pay for things. We go on vacation every once in a while, we do the normal family things or do you pursue like a meaningful, you know, like your passion on the side too? Like, sure, you work your nine to five, but then maybe you have a business, right? Something that keeps you motivated and working, something that keeps your mind sharp. I think everybody needs a hobby, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. So, did were you? Uh, do you think that the last year during the pandemic have you? Um, have you used that opportunity to think about? what's comfortable in life because I think that for many people the pandemic challenged our comfortability with life in a lot of ways but many people have lost jobs and incomes and um, some people have not uh, and they've essentially been going about their daily life um, but I wonder because I've sure thought about it has the pandemic challenged our our uh, ability to be comfortable. I I would think maybe from. I don't, uh, that's interesting. So there's a couple layers to that that I'm that I'm personally thinking about. The first one being like, just from the news, the influence the news has, and the some of the things that the news are, um, saying that scare people, um, from a you know, happiness standpoint, I don't think the news has been helping anybody to feel more comfortable or happy or uh, at ease with these times. And I'm not sure anybody should be, but um, that's one layer of comfort that I'm thinking about. The other layer is over the pandemic, I've really grown a lot as a person, but the pandemic hasn't affected my social life as much as I think other people. Um, I'm an introvert anyway, so um, less people's better 
for me. <laughs> but, you know, over the pandemic, I, I've started my podcasts. I've started producing a lot more music. I've um, started reading and doing doing more other things more, if that makes any sense. Um, so... I think the things that we used to value about life or about opportunities have really changed and mm-hmm. you know I might get a little emotional but if of course I never wanted the pandemic to occur nobody ever mm-hmm. wants that many people you know nope. passed away and many people's lives changed I mean, even people in our family have been affected that's and, right so but <clears throat> if I think about you know how do I realize the the silver lining and all that and Sometimes I do think that maybe it was a wake-up call for people to get back to focusing on what really matters. And Mm. our family um, has been able to to do that. We've spent more time together in the last year, I think, than uh, we ever have. And I remember when you, you and your brother were young and... I always sort of wished I could be a stay-at-home mom and and <laughs> stay home with you kids when you were little. <clears throat> but I think that uh, the last year, actually, I had a much more meaningful experience um, with you b- being a little older, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've connected in different ways than I ever thought would be possible. So... From a timing perspective, I'm glad we've had that additional time together that maybe we otherwise would not have had. And so I try to think about the pandemic, and there's certainly the awful, and then there's the good parts. Well, I mean, COVID has had very far-reaching effects from the global economy to the way we live our everyday lives, but... The effects that COVID has had have not all been bad, in my opinion, at least not for me. In my situation, I've um, spent a lot more time with my family. I've been able to get outside more even, which seems a little more counterintuitive. But, you know, I've, I've grown a lot as a person. Um, COVID has challenged some of the things that I held true to, you know, before. And it's, it's really shown me a lot, given me an appreciation for... Um, my friends even because I didn't see my friends for the longest time and um, it's it's taught me quite a bit about myself and people you know what I mean the way that some people are handling this too it, it, it's been revealing but also again it has not all been bad because you know like mom just said seeing my family at home and I mean I love my family I'm just I'm thankful for my family I, I think I have the greatest family in the world personally I really do um, but I'm not sure I would have gained this appreciation if not for COVID. So um, to say that COVID has been all bad, I just, I don't think that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, certainly we can say that from a position of, you know, your parents have been gainfully employed and Mm -hmm. I wonder how how, um, the experiences of other folks would be Mm -hmm. who maybe haven't been as fortunate and I always try to remember that you know our experiences are all so different and 
this year, 2020 and 2021, even starting out, uh, have really been very hard for people to, uh, you know, express your views in a safe way and um, Mm -hmm. a respectful way. It's been a a year of challenge that way for sure. Yeah, and I definitely, I definitely think a lot of people are are feeling kind of under attack right now. Uh, I think if that's fair to say, and it's just, you know, there's good and bad. I think COVID is is definitely shown some of the um, divide between people right now, just everyday strangers and stuff like that. And I th- I think that. It's a very good a very good opportunity for us as a society, uh, society if I can find my words to, to learn from this. Um, yeah. Yep, yeah, and you know, uh, I always say that you know you want to treat people, you mm-hmm. know, with a level of just deep um, uh, kindness because you don't know what they're going through, mm-hmm. and I try to approach everybody that I know with or even people actually that I don't know is actually the better word right Mm -hmm. people that I don't know I try to uh, approach that way Um, because the reality is I don't know what they're dealing with and I don't know what their experiences have been so is there any reason to you know treat them with any sort of um, mean spirit no probably not even people that you do know you know uh we have a lot of acquaintances right yep difference between acquaintances and friends is acquaintances you you know them by name you might know a little bit about them but you may not know everything about them yep so and i I mean with my job i meet new people every day I, i talk to a lot of people every day so i just and i think it's probably the most underdeveloped skill that we have as a society is just the ability to listen you don't have to correct anybody if you think they're wrong, even. Just listen to their piece and then that's it. Move on. I, you don't have to fight about everything. One of the things I focus on with my team at work quite often is that very skill, and it is a skill, mm-hmm. that Listening you just uh, talked about is, is listening, right? Mm-hmm. And it's listening means that you're not sitting there thinking about what am I going to say next. Listening is listening to hear and to understand. And then it's and then it's, you can repeat it back to them like this is what I heard you say, right? And and that shows that you were paying attention and that you weren't you know judging or whatever. It's just listening. So I wonder, you know, if I think back to my when you and your brother were little, I wonder if we would have tested that listening concept, you and your brother. I'm quite certain <laughs> I don't that think it would work. <laughs> uh, between you and your brother, I know that you weren't listening. You no. were looking for your next opportunity to say, but, 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 or... Yeah, but stupid little 10-year-old. Yeah, What well, can I say? Right. And listening really is a skill that uh, no matter, I think, what career path you take listening to people is um listening with an open mind and being able to understand is pretty universal skill yeah Yeah, for sure for sure so may 9th is uh mother's day and uh as of recording this it's what 
April 30th of 2021, I believe. Um, 2021 already, almost almost May. This year's going by extremely fast. But um, with Mother's Day coming up, you know, I and with my mom sitting right here, I have so many mother figures in my life. I've had so many come and go and some that are even still in my life from years and years and years. It's kind of insane. Like, for instance, I mean, I have you um, and you've been very, I mean, without you, I wouldn't be here, both literally and figuratively. Um, one of the things I think that I, I most value about my relationship with you is that you know, you're, you're not afraid to be very, very honest with me and you guys hold me accountable uh, by extension. I think the parent, the parental structure of this household kind of does that. I very, I very much value that, especially even Greg, even though he's not a mom, um, <laughs> Greg being my stepdad, um, you know, you're very honest with me, very open and I, I can talk to you about anything and I really, I really value that. And, um, my stepmom, uh, Rachel who's been in my life for, what, four or five years now. Um, something I think I really value about her is she has a lot of different viewpoints than I do. Um, she has had a lot of both primary and secondary experiences in life, um, from having conversations with her friends to, um, you know, just just talking up and seeing things online and, and reading. She her and I feel very opposite on, on some issues, but uh, especially as of late, her and I have also gotten very good about um, actively listening and, and seeing each other's viewpoints and not agreeing on things, but I mean, you don't always have to. You can respectfully disagree with somebody and, and still have a great relationship with them. And so um, I really value her and her different experiences challenging mine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, being a being a mom, which of course you won't understand, but nope. you'll understand it from a, a dad's perspective, is that, you know, probably one of the things I, I do think about a lot is, you know, the day you were born. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about careers a little bit and how you can't imagine where your career is going to take you. But, you know... Uh, I think more surprising than my career is probably the fact that, you know, uh, your family has changed so much. Yep. You know, those that, those that have uh, become your family um, ha ha has changed. And so I don't think that, you know, the day you were born and I looked down at you, did I ever think that... I would be sharing you with another mother. And that is, um, while it is heartbreaking to think about when you aren't there, it's probably also one of the most comforting feelings that you can have as a mom um, who who's divorced from your dad, of course, mm -hmm. uh, to, to know that another mom you know, loves you very much. And um, so sometimes, you know, like I said, life takes you in different places that you can never imagine. And uh, I think one of the, the most painful things is probably thinking about sharing your kids with another mom. But then I became a stepmom too. 
And, (laughs) you know, as life uh, does throw you challenges, that has been uh, one of the biggest challenges for me, you know, is is being a stepmom, too. You're not quite ever sure what that line is. And, um, you know, one of the things that I have learned is that um, it takes much more patience to uh, know how to feel out that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, naturally, as a mom, you just love kids. Yep. <laughs> and you want them to know that you love them as much as you possibly can. And honestly, sometimes kids are not ready for that like you are. Well, and... and- I want to say this, and then I'll, I'll say my other thing. I think that it helps that my stepmom, you know, she has her own kids. She had her own kids before my little brother and I. And so she knows what true motherly love is like because she has her own kids that she loves very, very much more than anything in the world. And I, I see that, and I know that too. Um, so there might be a comfort there, you know what I mean, that she, she knows what loving your own kids is like. Mm-hmm. And so that... Um, but we can, I think we need, we can acknowledge that, you know, being a step parent or being a, a step, uh, a step kid, step child, building that relationship, especially when it's a little bit later in your development as a person, um, teen years is what I think. Um, that's hard. That's not easy. That mm-hmm. takes a lot of work, a lot of growing pains, a lot of sad moments, mm-hmm. a lot of conversations that I'm, we're still working through. Mm-hmm. It's not, and it's not like it's ever going to be a process that it's going to be constant. It's going to be a lot of work and I'm still going to have to put in work, but it takes, you know, it takes time to build those relationships, but it's so valuable having extra parents that each kind of bring their own thing to the table that help you grow and build as a person. I can, I can label at least one for each, like my stepdad, he will hold me accountable for every mistake I make, he will not let a mistake go unnoticed. And maybe not so much your mistakes, not but mistakes, he holds but you accountable to your decisions, yep. right? He, if there's going to be consequences to a decision, especially you know boneheaded, stupid ones, he's the one who's like, "What were you thinking, man?" He he will say that to me straight up, and it's that's very valuable. I mean, it might have been, it was hard for me to understand when I was younger, um, and I got very frustrated very easily, but. It's something that I've grown to appreciate very much, even if I'm still a little frustrated about it sometimes. Um, with you, Mom, you're the one I always, if I need to have a, have a talk with somebody, you know, I, I trust you more than pretty much anybody to do that with. And a little bit with my dad, too. I, I have a very good relationship with my father. Um, my father, he's kind of like, you know, teaching me how to be a man, in my opinion. Just like my stepdad too. There's there's some mixing, but you know, dad's teaching me the the guy things, and I, I also you know I love doing things with my dad. I love my my dad very much, and like I said before, my stepmom kind of challenges me with different perspectives and different ways of looking at things. Um, then all my parents also do that. So it's it's while there's some mixing, each each parent kind of brings one or uh, like even multiple things that help me grow as a person to the table. And I think that's pretty meaningful and important Mm -hmm. for sure. 
Yeah, I, I think that uh, when I look at you and your brother and I try to put myself in the position you've been in and how I would have done, and I, I don't know that I would have um, been so well adapted as, mm-hmm. as you have been. Um, you know, certainly no parent takes the, the, a, a divorce very lightly. Um, but I, I will say that um, in, in all cases, it's always about thinking about how the kids, what the kids need, and also about what parents need. And mm. um, so, again, we started out by talking about a little bit about motherhood. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the, the, the really neat things is that um, the ability to love and be loved is probably one of the best gifts you could ever have. And I think that when I look at you and your brother, I think how really loved you are. You oh. have um, you know, four parents who, who love you and um, who would do anything for you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's pretty cool. You've got a, a big network now a family that you never probably thought or even that you even wished you had. Well, more people to teach me how to do taxes, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's always that. (laughs) And how to navigate insurance. (laughs) Yeah, there's always that. So who who are some of the other um, influential women you've known in your life, Nick? I know you've had quite a big network of women. A couple of other... other few that I think of are um, your mom, grandma, um, like we call her Grandma Combine. We call her Grandma Combine because my mom's parents um, are farmers, and they have been for a long time. Um, and so when I was very little, that was something I associated with them. That's how I kind of remembered who they were. Like my my dad's parents, um, my grandpa, who was very influential on me going into aviation. We call him Grandpa Airplane because. That's what I can associate with with him and that and that uh, group of grandparents. So, um, Grandma, she's another person I can sit down and you know talk to talk to her about how I'm feeling or what's going on. Or um, I can tell she loves me very much. And her and I, we've baked together. That was that was very meaningful. And she's given me recipes and shown me how to cook things. And honestly, if I was a girl, she would have taught me how to be a woman. That makes any sense, and she's even said I'd make a good woman, but I'm content. <laughs> but you know, that's that's a grandma, and uh, I she she puts in a lot of hard work too. Um, when she was taking care of my great grandpa, and um, when she manages her own her own farm animals that she takes care of, the massive garden she grows every year. Um, I see a lot of hard work in her life, so um, that's that's something that um, I've learned from Grandma. Um, another fairly influential woman in my life was um, the person who taught me how to sing. Uh, her name was Nancy. She was my first choir teacher when I first joined the choir in school, and I even still sing with her to this day at church. Uh, I sing with her in a few weeks, actually, on uh, May 16th. So. Without her, I, I don't know if I would have started singing at all or even progressed to the, 
the place with music I am. It really all kind of started with her. Um, I remember, uh, oh man, I don't know how old you were, maybe second, third grade, something like that. You were, um, I was tucking you in bed, and it was the night before you were going to sing in a program at church. And you were doing your first solo. It wasn't a major big solo, but it was a solo. It's a solo, yeah. And I said, are you nervous to sing tomorrow, buddy? And what I didn't tell you at the time is that I I was incredibly nervous for you. Sure. But you just smiled and you said, no, tomorrow over 800 people are going to hear my talents. You were very matter of fact. (laughs) And I said, okay. And I thought to myself, well. That's a really great way to think about it, is that you're looking at it as a way to share your talents. And um, you're right, uh, Nancy Nordine was was pretty influential in certainly your faith and your um, singing. And she always, always believed in you yep. mm-hmm. and pushed you to do a couple of solos. and. Yep. Now you're like, hey, when can I do it again? Yep, anytime. <laughs> I would, I, I still get nervous, and I, I, I'm a perfectionist because I just, you know, I want to, I want to do the best I can. But, um, you know, she, she has been the, the reason that, pretty, pretty sole reason that I started doing this, and it, it's been, it's incredible to look back. And yep. I never knew that story. Actually, I've never heard that story. So that's. Yeah, actually, I think it's, I think it was. Um, I think I know what solo you're talking about. It too. was for the spring show, was whatever. It for, uh, the baseball themed one. Maybe. Because that was the first. I think that was the first solo that I remember having around third grade. Yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah, and actually, it it wasn't 800 people. It was about 2,000 people. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> but because of the number of. <laughs> services that we had that day and the yep. number of times you had to perform so. yeah 800 people per service roughly but you know it's yeah i, I never knew that actually that's that's really interesting mm-hmm. one of the other uh influential women in my life was my uh, high school marching band band director when she took over in my sophomore season for Mr. Devine, who was the original director, and she really pushed our band um, at a time where I think a lot of us were, I don't know if content is the right word, but comfortable, kind of like we touched on earlier. And I remember myself and a lot of other people reacting really negatively to that. It, it took a long, a long um, amount of time before we understood what what she was actually pushing us to do and it was all worth it because then the season after that we won state Mm -hmm. and and so she she was really influential by way of hard work equals success if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. um one of the people i know that and or i learned that from and uh even another one of my influential women because i have this massive list is 
my grandma airplane um, on my dad's side. My grandpa might be responsible for my love of aviation, but my grandma might be responsible for some of my appreciation of the little things. Because one thing you can always bet on when you go up there is on Sunday, you're going to have roast. <laughs> you're going to have roast on Sunday. Yep. You don't get out of that house without having some roast. And she, you know, she really enjoys just sitting outside or going fishing or reading just a good book and then a comfortable chair. She enjoys the little things. And the little things help her make like feel fulfilled and she has her garden, you know, she has her little couple flowers that she takes care of and she likes to take me shopping. Um I get my love of shopping from her. So she she really does appreciate the little things and she causes me to slow down and and to think about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and you know to sit down and read a good book as something I want to actually do you know what I mean yeah. um, she also really does love airplanes though <laughs> she wants to ride in a biplane so I might have to I might have to do that in a few years but what about you mom influential women oh yeah I mean grandma has five oh. sisters so <laughs> yeah I think that um I, you know, you, you talked about you being a, an introvert, and um, I actually don't see you that way um, as much as I am an introvert very much, so it's hard for me mm -hmm. to uh, meet new people and um, introduce myself, but, uh, you know, I would say uh, I've got three people who are, who are pretty influential in my life. Um, the first of which, of course, is my own mother. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, what I, I learned from my own mom is um, the value of, of hard work and making hard decisions mm -hmm. uh, for, for the best interests of your family. And um, I also learned from my mom while she may not really recognize it, but, um, you know, to take your, your life and essentially have no regrets. Mm. And so, um, I think my mom has shared with me some of the regrets in her life. And I, I have thought about my own life and really making sure that, you know, when the day comes, I'm not lying there thinking about everything I wish I would have done or could have done differently. And so I try to think about my life right now, today, and um, live with no regrets. And that doesn't mean living carelessly. It just means that, you know, I'm careful with my words and right. I am protective of my time and making sure it's in the right place. And um, so I, I've appreciated that learning from my mom. I also, <clears throat> you know, my mom thinks that she was really tough on us when we, were, <laughs> when we were kids. And I don't think that I would say that she was tough on us as much as she had high expectations, she had expectations for yeah. how we conduct our life. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Sometimes as a mom, you feel bad about um, those things. The older you get, you wonder, was I hard, too hard on my kids? Was I not hard enough? And I think my mom thinks a lot about that. And, and 
um, the reality is is that I think it was the perfect balance of what she could have given us and and that is holding us to high expectations yeah so I I have three other influential women in my life Um, my grandmothers my grandma spear who is uh, my mom's mom Uh, she her name is Christine and my grandma spear was always so quiet to me she was had such a quiet gentle nature Mm -hmm. Um, but she could cook up a storm and she had the most beautiful gardens and um, I think about how she has passed that love and um, interest on in her life to her daughter who then passed it on to me so my grandma spear I will always remember as a tremendous baker and um, a wonderful gardener I also remember that my grandma spear was also very hard on herself mm. she was always very very self-critical and I think that if I could I would go back and try to remind her that there's no reason to be so hard on yourself <laughs> yeah for sure you don't want to be you know it's it's good to hold yourself accountable and hold yourself to a certain amount of integrity and accountability for your actions but you know you gotta you have to forgive yourself um, yeah she would always say things like oh there's too much sugar or there's not enough salt in whatever dish she was making and mm-hmm. we'd always tell her oh grandma it's just fine and it always became the joke, you know, I don't know, I think there's too much sugar, I think there's not enough salt. <laughs> and she would smile. That's grandma for you. Well, the other uh, grandma that I have in my life, who's still alive, Grandma Christians. Oh, yeah, uh, I heard. Um, yep. I've learned a lot from my grandmother about listening. And my, my grandma... Um, is always somebody that you could talk to about anything and you may not like what she says or at least you didn't but I could always tell she was listening to me and I think that that had a big impact is that when I would talk to her she was always interested in how are you what are you doing she doesn't like to talk about herself very much. Yes, she, almost to the point where... You feel bad. You feel bad. Right. Because you feel like it's all about me, but she... She's perfectly happy just having a one-sided, you-tell-me-about-you <laughs> conversation. I'll just sit here and listen, you know? And, and you know, I, I've had, I had really great conversations with my grandmother, mm-hmm. um, you know, about her life. And I, I'm thankful I've had the time to have her open up about that and and tell me about that yeah and um i think that i i learned um from her sit down with a cup of tea whether you like tea or not because i never did and it wasn't about the tea it was just about the conversation yep it's it's yeah it's another thing about a grandma grandma seed that as well as we're talking about her as she always sends cards to everybody in the family on your birthday and on holidays you can almost bet on it like clockwork that you will get that you'll get a card from great grandma c it's it's something that um it shows her love for her whole family you know 
that she takes the individual time for each and every every person to address the card and to put the stamp on there and to sign her name and to pick out the right card for that person and I think that that really shows her love and she doesn't expect anything in return although I do like to return her letters Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah she's she's probably the best listener I know yeah she she really is I uh, the you know final woman I would talk about is my mother-in-law and she, you know, okay. speaking of unexpected surprises in your life, you know, uh, Karen, I have learned um, interesting things and maybe a different approach than I might ever think about. And Grandma Karen has had some experiences in life that, you know, when things are going wrong, she will tell you file it just file it <laughs> and that's really her say way of saying forget about it and move on yep. and i think that uh you know she's had some experiences in her life where um she has had to do just that you know move on yep. and that is her way of of saying you know don't let that eat you up inside and and bother you mm-hmm. and she is um i admire her uh, ability to um just love everybody yep i i remember that when i first met her she couldn't wait to meet you and your brother and she couldn't wait to to see who these new little creatures were coming into her life and she was so accepting yeah, she she's very accepting of of people. It's kind of like the come as you are. Yeah, it was it was really crazy. I think one of the, within the first few times that me and my little brother went there, it didn't feel foreign. It didn't really feel like we weren't supposed to be there. She made us feel or feel very welcome, accepted, um, even loved from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's something I'm really thankful for uh, with her, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, she she is one of those people that uh, family, and I, I have learned this, is family is not so much defined by your blood, right? It's yep. by about... It's about the family you make. You know, the family you make and the bonds that you have. So mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I think I have many more women in my life who have been influential at different times of my life but uh, those four women have been constant they've yep they've always been here they've been yes yeah yeah and even you know your your grandma airplane you know she uh she was um for for me one of the women who um also will listen oh yeah Yep. And uh, just sit down and, and talk. And um, I guess I have to blame her for my love of antiquing and oh, yep. uh, shopping thrift stores. And uh, really, um, you know, connecting with the stories of certain things. And I, I often miss, you know, those, those times where we would go shopping and we would 
pick up something and she'd say, oh, I remember my mom having this or I remember this. And I, I learned a lot, you know, from, from listening to her and, and you know, have always enjoyed um, th- those times. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, something I want to circle back to that I, I heard you say earlier and I, uh, I think it's interesting is the um, living your life without regrets part. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's less about not having regrets because um, you're going to get yourself into a situation where you didn't like the way you handled it and you might regret it. Um, but part of living your life without having regrets is the ability to take ownership of it mm-hmm. and, and to say, I, I messed up and I own it and I learned from that mistake and I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it sounds simple, but I think it's, it is a harder process than a lot of people give it credit for, but it's also something you got to, you know, practice and, and you actually have to want to do that. I mean, the other day, literally yesterday, I made a fool of myself in front of my psychology class. But then all I did, I, I sat down, I was like, well, dang, I messed up. But oh, well, everybody messes up. I took ownership and my friends were giving me crap. I, I literally would say, yeah, I did that. And that's it. I didn't feel bad about it. I just, I messed up and I moved on. It's just. You took Grandma Karen's advice. You filed it, whatever. right? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Mistakes are going to happen and. If anybody wants to remind me that I made a mistake in psychology, go for it, because I did, but whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not living on it, I'm not... Or even beyond that in situations that are more... that are bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing, you know? Um, do you have something to add as far as that goes, or...? Maybe, uh, you know, I think you... Nick are a lot like me where you're really hard on yourself Mm -hmm. and sometimes speaking of being hard on yourself I blame myself for you being hard on yourself because I think in a lot of ways kids pick up on how their their parents reactions and um, I'm as Greg would say I am a million times harder on myself than anybody else ever will be yep and you know i think that if i could recognize that at a much younger age i probably would be um a a little bit in that place now where i would be living without regrets so some of my regrets are the fact that i have been so hard and unforgiving of myself but Mm. i've been incredibly forgiving and the first to forgive others um but i it's harder to forgive yourself and i've been thinking a lot about that lately and that if i could go Mm -hmm. back and do anything it would probably be how can i be so quick to forgive others but not myself yeah i think well i think with something like that um you can use that to your advantage in a way too at least I, i say this from my perspective where I'm a content creator. I make things that other people hopefully want to listen to and enjoy. And so me being really hard on myself ensures that the product I put out is the best I can do. Mm-hmm. Now, me being hard on myself uh, or being mean to myself is something that, you know, even I'm still working out. I'm still figuring out how I can give myself more grace, give myself more forgiveness and and to realize that you know, this was truly the best I could do at this time. 
and to just be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, something like I'm doing with my music, like sure, I want my music to be the best it can be. But I realize that in, in, no matter what I do in two years, my music's going to be better anyway because of just the natural progression and practice of things. But so that leads me back to being you know, satisfied with mm-hmm. where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, it is going to be something I, I probably deal with for the rest of my life. But I'm thankful that I have that perspective because in a way I feel like it benefits me personally. Um, so I think with maybe certain things, I don't know, this is an underdeveloped thought for sure. It open to change, but... It is a, well, it's, a, it's an interesting concept of what's the difference between holding yourself to a high standard mm-hmm. and wanting to improve yeah, like versus that. self-punishment. I like that, yeah. Like, what's the line between... You know, uh, Greg would always say you're, you are relentlessly punishing yourself for something that doesn't need to be punished. Mm-hmm. So why do we think like that? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I almost wonder what the psychology behind it is. Like, Well, you're in psychology right now. <laughs> I will have if to If you can out. figure that out, you, you <laughs> let me know. I, I think we're about to do uh, disorders and stuff right now, so I don't think I'm going to find out anytime I soon. I might but... be featured. <laughs> <laughs> hey. But, um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, there is definitely a line between self-punishment and it goes back to forgiving yourself too. Yeah. You got to be able to forgive yourself and, and own your mistakes and, and move on and, and be comfortable with, that's another thing. You can't expect perfection from yourself because humans are flawed. Humans are not perfect. Humans are, you know, no human will ever be perfect. So, you know, just trying to better yourself and learning from your mistakes and owning your mistakes is the best you can do. So, Amen to that. Hallelujah. Well, what do you think? Pretty good conversation? Good conversation. You know, I think depending on when this podcast gets published, you know, if it's before Mother's Day, I would, you know, probably wish all the mothers, whether you are uh, a stepmom, a bonus mom, whatever you call yourselves, a grandmother, you Mm. know, a mother. And then I, I also, you know, something that's really dear and near and dear to me is to recognize all the mothers who mm. have, um, despite maybe not having a child, are mothers. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of mothers out there who have lost children and um, babies, and I'm one of them. And it doesn't make them less than a mom. Um, it just means that they can't hold their baby on Mother's Day. So yeah. I'd like to wish all the moms and out there just, happy Mother's Day. Just be kind, you know. If you see somebody uh, with their kids out, you know, maybe if you're getting coffee, maybe pay it forward. Um, or, you know, it's if you get into a conversation with them, wish them a happy Mother's Day. You know, call your mom, wish them a happy Mother's Day. Um, because yeah. Mother's Day... It's not, it is just, it is a corny holiday, but the meaning and the meaning that you can make for it is so much more. Um, so really just be not, be kind, be nice and be a good human. Party hard. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Nick. Yo, um, 
Thank you guys for listening. Uh, whatever it is for you, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I'll see you in another episode.